Hey, so I'm going to do a little reflection today. Um, I was listening to the Bible app as I was doing the dishes today. I realized I think I want to start doing that more because I'm recognizing that I'm having trouble really diving into the word of God either, either at night or in the morning just because my brain is so fatigued um, from school and everything. And so I decided today to listen to it while I was doing the dishes because I was listening to music, but there wasn't really anything playing that was like, oh, I got to listen to this. You know, it was mostly just like, oh, OK, like, I guess I'll listen to this. But I have to. But then I realized I don't have to. And so I started listening to this um, Matthew chapter six and I got all the way up to chapter 12, which is kind of crazy because it's like, whoa, like I didn't like if I was reading, I would not have been able to get up to chapter 12. But just listening to it is like, it's just such a cool, cool feat that we're able to have nowadays. And so something I was reading in Matthew 6, verse 22 through 23, or that I was listening to rather, um, says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And this, this stuck out to me hard, especially with everything that I've been facing recently regarding like lust, masturbation, pornography, all of that stuff like that. And so it's been quite a struggle, honestly. But um, as I was listening to this today, I realized that because what I'm seeing and intaking and consuming is not healthy, then my whole body has been full of darkness. And <coughs> My whole body is more eager, ready, and um, satisfied with taking actions that are sinful because my eye is saying, oh, that's pleasing. And so let's do it. You know what I mean? And I think that goes back to Genesis where they talk about in Genesis, like how Eve thought it was pleasing to the eye. And like that shows how important it is for what we see. You know what I mean? Like what we see influences us so much and I realized that like a lot of times for me what I see really does influence me like if I see someone doing something um that is really inspiring then I will want to do that thing as well um and I'll have like a model that I can model after and then when I see people who are doing things that are inspiring but in a negative way um I often do that like it inspires me to sin and so then I do it because I see oh like that is and I see and kind of navigate how to then carry out that sin so I just thought it was interesting because it lets us know that if our eyes are healthy our whole body is full of light like we are full of light when our eyes are healthy and that makes sense when you really break it down to the bare bones to see the cedar wood you realize that like when you are consuming and reading and watching and listening to stuff that is wholesome, your whole body feels like it's full of light. But when you are doing the opposite, your whole body feels dark and feels in angst and, and feels like disgusting. And that's how I felt today. I just felt disgusting because I'm like, like, I'm just not consuming things that are, are benefiting to me. You know what I mean? And so, you know. Uh, I thought that was really interesting, and then I love the point where it says, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So I think that within us, 
there is light and there is darkness. You know what I mean? There's light because we were created in the image of God and we have spirit within us. But then there's also darkness because we have chosen to sin. So windy outside. Hey, okay. It was really loud. I thought like something was happening, but like this is really loud for some reason. Okay. But within us, we have the light, which is the Holy Spirit. And also, um, yeah, because we're made in his image. And then we have darkness within us because of the choices to sin um, and to continue sinning to kind of follow our own path. And so, you know, I feel like there's always this like struggle of like when you feed the darkness, things become more dark. When you feed the light, your 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 body becomes more light, like everything in you becomes more light. And so, you know, I think that's true. I think that like the more whatever you feed, that's what's going to become more and more of, you know. And so if it says if the if the light that's in you is darkness, then how great is the darkness? So if the the light that's in you, how you were created in God's image and the Holy Spirit that's in you, if that then becomes darkness, then how great is the darkness, the sin and the all of that that's in you, you know what I mean? And I don't really know how to phrase that in a better way, but I'm going to go ahead and go to my processing um, questions and kind of prompts with that and then talk a little bit, or I'd rather talk a little bit now about Jesus and what I noticed, because as I was, as I was listening to um, him read or the, the narrator read um, from chapter Matthew chapter 6 to Matthew chapter 12, I realized a lot of things about Jesus and I realized Jesus never really gives us the answers. He just gives us analogies that we're better able to understand and make connections to things. And he gives us prompts, a lot of problem solving, riddle type, question and answer type of prompts. And a lot of times it's questions that are either rhetorical or questions that are like not able to be answered just one way. Like I noticed a lot of times when Jesus asks questions, there's a lot of entry points and exit points for those questions, meaning that there's a lot of ways that you can approach answering that question. And I'm starting to realize that Jesus is such a great teacher because he doesn't give us the answer, but he also doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't, and I think that that is something that teachers struggle with is one or the other extremes. Like either they beat around the bush and it's not purposeful and it's not intentional, or they just give you the answer straight up. And it's like when you find that balance in the middle, you find that like that sweet spot, that Jesus sweet spot. Man, that's powerful because he doesn't give us the answers and yet he guides us to it. Like he doesn't give it to us, but he guides us to it. And he allows us to figure out the answers on our own quote unquote even though he's the one that's guiding us to the answer and so he'll ask like a lot of times he would just ask these either rhetorical questions or ask these questions that like you know are very thought-provoking and you're like oh (laughs) and I think a lot of times we saw that as Jesus being savage um which I personally see that oftentimes I'm like oh he was being a savage in that moment but also I don't think he was doing it in a mean way or in like a haha I'm getting back at you because I'm a savage type of way but it was more so of like a I'm gonna ask you this question because I want you to keep thinking about it like I don't because if you just give someone the answer they don't have to keep thinking about it anymore and so then they don't build upon the knowledge that they need to in order to fully learn that material and so Jesus was like I'm gonna leave you with this cliffhanger I'm gonna leave you with this question I'm gonna leave you with this prompt I'm going to leave you with this analogy because it may sound absurd, 
but I want it to sound like that so you can continue thinking about it. You know what I mean? And I think that like that is so powerful as a teacher because giving the students the answers is not going to help them to actually learn. They like no in no place have I been given the answer and actually learned and continued learning when I was given the answer. The only time I really learned was when and sometimes the teachers did give me the answer, but the only time I really, really learned was like when I experienced it myself and then the teacher guided me to the answer um but yeah or like sometimes we would have to go through these problem solving like moments where it's like you feel like you're never going to get the answer and then the teacher just either points you in the right direction or says like this is what it was and then you're like oh my gosh like I get it now and everything clicks but you had to really try it for yourself first and I think that that is what Jesus does is he gives us the opportunity to really try things for ourselves and to then learn fully, not just partially learn, but like fully learn, oh, Jesus, now I see why you did that. Jesus, now I understand that you really are who you say you are. Jesus, now I get why you like did what you had to do. You know what I mean? Like that it gives us, it opens up the space for us to truly learn. Um, so anywho, on to my reflection questions. Um, first question is, what did I learn as a result of this? I learned a couple of things. I learned, number one, that I can really incorporate reading the Bible throughout the day, even if I'm not physically reading the Bible. Listening to the Bible is very helpful, and it also points me to a place of where I can read whenever I want to um, kind of go to bed, because I know that sometimes I don't want to start a whole new chapter, because then I really have to be in it, and so sometimes, like, if I hear it first, then maybe I'll be more familiar with it, and then when I start reading it, it won't be so like foreign and like so study heavy for me so I really like that I think that was one thing that I learned was that I enjoy listening to the Bible app and listening to and reading it to me and well especially if I have to do something else or if I'm just exhausted that day like I was listening to a song the other day and it was just like so quick and easy and not to say that I want to make Bible study was that easy but it was just not taxing for me not exhausting for me and so I realized I think I want to do that um, more frequently, I also realized that the, like, I also learned a lot about Jesus's teaching style. His teaching style is very much collaborative. Um, he is the one that's guiding, facilitating, kind of, you know, like helping, like he's helping us get to the answers, but he's not going to give us the answers. And he gives us the resources and the places that we need to go um, for it, but he doesn't necessarily always give us the answers. And he uses a lot of wisdom and discretion, which is something that I think is really important to have as a teacher is wisdom. And the only way to really have wisdom is to have it through Jesus, which is why I'm so thankful to have Jesus, because now as a teacher, I can carry that wisdom into my classroom. And so that was something that I learned is like, Jesus is just really intentional. He's really purposeful. And he's really um, just like focused on helping us grow um, and helping us learn more and more about him and choosing him. And he was very intentional with who he talked to and um just the way in which he talked to people it was just like very much like intentional um what's my other question i don't know let me see hmm. where my question at where my question at okay um what stood out the most to you and why i guess what would stand out the most to me when listening to this was how frequently Jesus was engaging in dialogue. 
Like, I never really thought about that before, but, like, Jesus was always talking to somebody. Like, he wasn't the type of person where he was just, like, okay. You know, like, he just, people would come up to him, and they would say something, and he would just do it. And then, he like, he was very, I guess a better way to phrase that is, like, he was very much um, relationship-oriented and less task-oriented. It was less about healing people and just getting them healed and you know reaching a certain quota and a certain number it was less about teaching people these certain things that he needed to get off his plate and off his agenda it was not about his ministry and and what he had to do and like it was very much relationship oriented where he was more so focused on like building relationships with people loving people listening to people talking with people dialogue you know (laughs) which I think is really really cool because that's something that I want to develop as well it's like this ability to be less task oriented and more relationship oriented and kind of having a healthy balance because either I can be incredibly relationship oriented or I can be incredibly task oriented and sometimes I find difficulty balancing in the middle and so I think that that's something that I would like to continue exploring as I'm reading more about Jesus' life, is how he accomplished tasks, even despite, he he accomplished tasks and relationships. So he had that perfect balance in the middle of relationship-oriented and task-oriented. I think that only comes through conversation and dialogue with God, like being in step with the Father, being one with him. Like, that's the only way that you can really be both relationship-oriented and task-oriented. And I would also say, um, that there was something else I was going with that, but I forgot it. But yeah, he just like very dialogue heavy. Like he he talked to people a lot. And oh, I remember was in Matthew six. There was another part that really stood out to me, which was the where it talks about how you should not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and or vice versa either way. And I was like, whoa, like I've heard that before, but like, as I was listening to that, I was washing the dishes. And so it took on another meaning as my left hand was literally doing something different than my right hand was doing. So my left hand was cleaning the inside of a cup and my right hand was holding the cup still. And I just was like, and and it just was like such a visual image for me of like, okay, I can't even let my right hand know what my left hand doing. Like, that's what he means when he says give and don't expect people to applaud you. Don't expect people to put you on a pedestal. Like, no, that's not what we're doing this for. We're doing this to give and no one has to appreciate me for that. No one has to let me know how they feel. You know what I mean? Like, and that is so important to me because especially as a teacher, it's not always a rewarding profession. Sometimes it is. And you have to find reward in what you're doing and not in what people applaud you for, for what you're doing. Like you cannot be, you cannot be expecting people to reward you for the task, but the task itself is the reward. You know what I mean? The relationships themselves is the reward. So I'm just learning to appreciate that a little bit more. Is that like, I'm not going to be applauded for having an incredibly great lesson or having an incredibly great relationship with students. No, no one is rewarding me for that. Um, 
I'm not getting recognition for it. Like I hate to be like, oh, I don't get recognition. I do. I do get recognition in some instances, but it's like that should not be the goal. The goal should not be recognition. The goal should not be validation. It should be the task itself is the reward. The confirmation and affirmation that I get from my father, Jesus Christ, and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, like that is the reward for me. And so I just thought it was really interesting. And I was like, oh, and I just like, I was so amazed because I was like, that's what I want to strive to be. Like, I don't, I want to strive to be that teacher, that person, that community member, that church member who really does give and give and give and give and is able to go back to God for more resources. Like, I want to kind of be a bridge when you think about it. Not for people to walk on, <laughs> but for me to be able to have the resources of God. Like, God has such bountiful, plentiful resources. I want to be able to take those resources that he has freely given us and go shove it out and give it out to people. You know what I mean? Like, I want to distribute it to people. I want to be a distributor. Um, I recognize, like, I was listening to this other thing, and they were talking about, like, how much, like, we really don't know about God and like how vast his resources are and like they were like imagine how like interesting it's gonna be when we get up to heaven and we realize all the resources all the things that we could have and should have asked God for that we didn't that he could have done that he he would have been readily able and willing to do and like we just did it because we we didn't believe for it and so honestly right now I'm putting it out there Lord use me I want to be a vessel that's what it's called a vessel a vessel literally what you fill up and pour out to other people and then you fill that back up again you know what I mean like that's what I want to be and I want to get into the place where I don't um burn myself out but I learn ways in which I can continue being filled up so that I can continue pouring out to more and more people because I really do feel like God has given me this gifts and this ability to just pour out into people to really invest into people whether it's my love my appreciation whether it's kindness like I genuinely do feel like God has given me a gift to just love people and to want to pour myself out for them and so I think that I want to continue exploring ways to just fill myself back up so that I don't become depleted, but that I can continue drawing from the resources God has in heaven. Like, I literally just want to, like, grab up from heaven, grab up the resources, and just keep giving them out to people, giving them out to people, giving them out to people. Because, like, he has given so much to me already that I just want to continue giving to people. And I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily know what life has called me to, but right now, I'm really, like, loving becoming a teacher. I'm, I'm seeing more and more how being a teacher is really where I meant to be, where I want to be, where I meant to be, um, and where I think God has intended me to be, because everything that I want to do in life lines up with being a teacher, and um, there's so much that I feel like, like I can do as a teacher that I always, personally, I always thought, oh, I need to be a missionary in order to enact this type of change. Or I need to be a pastor in order to enact this type of change. I need to be a superintendent of a school district to enact this type of change. But like literally, I don't even want to do all of that. <laughs> not to say that I'm like lazy and, and not to say that I would never do that. I would, I would do it if God called me to do it. But like I'm getting to the point now where I'm just seeing teaching as like this is where I want to be. 
like, even if I'm just a teacher for the rest of my life, I mean, I don't know what God has in my life, but even if I am a teacher just for the rest of my life, imagine how many students that impacts. Like, that's 20 or so students every year, and the rest of my life, so next year I will be 20, and that's when I'm going to start teaching at 20, so if I teach until I'm 60, that's 40 years. Okay, 40 years times 20 students, that's 600 lives that I would be impacting. And not just impacting, but then they would then impact whoever they come in contact with. So it would be like a ripple from my impact to their impact. And I don't even want to claim it as my impact because that sounds so self-glorifying. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when I say my impact, it sounds like, okay, well, I'm taking the credit for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I really want it to be God's impact in these people's lives. That's 600 people's lives. Like, 600 people. You know what I mean? That's so crazy. When you think about it, I will be spending a year, a whole year, with 600 people. Um... And I will get to know those people and have relationships with those people. And they will be able to influence change that I could never myself influence. You know what I mean? I will be able to invest in those people in ways that I would not be able to necessarily invest in other people like that. And so, wow, I never thought about this before. But I, this is why I love teaching. Because, not just because of the impact, but just because it's so, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful profession to be in like you ever just sit back and look at the beauty of things and you're just like whoa like that's how I feel about teaching it's like when I look back at it like I'm just like whoa you know what I mean whoa (laughs) I don't know but I just think it's very interesting and I think that um that is giving me new motivation to continue pursuing this um not saying I'm going to commit to it for the rest of my life but, you know, if that's what Jesus has called me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I think that that is such an incredible impact. To impact 600 people that I really get to spend time to grow and develop with. Like, wow. To walk alongside with. To disciple. To, wow. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. I'm excited, though. I really am. And I think that Jesus is giving great examples. And one of my things is... And at this, this, uh, during this season right now, I really want to go look at Jesus's life and kind of just learn from him, learn some of the, the tips and the tricks that he, he did as a teacher and kind of be inspired by him and learn more about him. But, um, yeah, I just really want God to use me as a vessel. And, you know, I think that this is, this is something that scares me, but also is something that I really want to do because I'm recognizing that I'm scared (laughs) because I don't want I guess it's just like sometimes you get afraid of failing or you get afraid of doing the wrong thing you get afraid of you know your sin being exposed you get afraid of those hidden things coming out you get afraid of never growing never um changing you get afraid that like you're going to be the same you know for the rest of your life and it's like Man, that's so not true. Like, those are just all lies from the enemy. And we want our sin to be exposed because the more that we bring it into the light, the more that it is going to help us in the long run. And so, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. But, um, that's really interesting. It's really interesting. 
saying how has this impacted or shifted your thinking if so oh, or has this impacted or shifted your thinking and so how if it has impacted my shift it has shifted my thinking um i think that it shifted my thinking or not really shifted my thinking but more so impacted my thinking because i didn't realize the gravity of being a teacher i didn't realize how truly a blessing it is to be a teacher um and i think it's going to be really really a great time it's going to be difficult but my mindset is not on the difficulty but rather on those individual lives that i get to walk alongside for that year that school year that i'm that i'm doing that you know um because it's just yeah it's just that is a blessing in and of itself to be able to work with children to be able to see their joy and their love and there's just such forgiving like children are so forgiving and so loving and they just forgive and love with such ease and it's like that is the beauty of god like literally and he has and it said i forgot which chapter it was in but it was in either matthew it was in between matthew 6 and matthew 12 where he said that like jesus jesus basically was like you know he just had like popped up and started talking to god out loud and he was like lord thank you for revealing this not to the wise people not to the people up here who be thinking they know everything but to the people who to children to children let me see let me see let me see i'm gonna try to find it i'm gonna try to find it because i know where it is i know where it is I know where it is. No, I don't. Jesus calling the storm. He was a man like demons. Jesus heals a paralytic. Jesus calls Matthew. Oh. I also want to talk about the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That one was a good one, too. When he started talking about that, I was like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, Slow it down. Um, and so, yeah, it said, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I'm going to screenshot that because, Lord, that is a good passage. Um, where is it? Where is it? I cannot find it. I tell you no. I cannot find where I'm looking for. Persecution. Oh, I also like the part where he said, "A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher." This is in Matthew ten twenty-five uh, or twenty-four twenty-five. Um, it is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Um, I like that because it shows that. Our job is not to be above Jesus. Our job is not to be Jesus. Our job is to be like him. Like, that is enough for us to just be simply like Jesus. Like, that's all we need in life. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need. And then he was talking about having no fur. I said, whoa. I like that. Where is it? Where is that? I cannot find it. I cannot find what I'm looking for. Okay, but anywho. Yeah. Where is it? This is gonna bother me. But it was talking basically about how Jesus had or how God had revealed this to um the little children. And I said, Look at God revealing stuff to the little children. He ain't even revealed it to the wise people. 
And I was like, you know, that just reminded me of how how truly faithful and loving and forgiving children are. Because they are, like, when you when you work with children, you really do see how, like, you will say, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And they'll be like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. And it's like, they genuinely don't be holding no grudges. Like, that's why people be angry with each other one day. Like, friends, like, kids will be angry with each other one day. And then that same day, make up and be friends again. And you like, wasn't you just mad with Billie Jean? And they was like, Billie Jean, not my love. I'm just joking. But they would be like, I don't know why Billie Jean came out of my mouth. I just want to be country so bad. But, um, <laughs> but like, that's why you'll see kids. And they'll be like, they won't even be like, um, like they won't even be mad with each other no more. And you're like, you was just mad at each other. And now you're not. And it's like, because they're just so forgiving. I just I love them so much. I literally love kids so much. Like, I love them so much. I just, I, I just want to squeeze their little cheeks because they're so adorable. Okay, anywho, that is it for today. I, uh, I answered all of the processing questions that I had for the day. Um, I would say maybe, the, I think the two things that I really want to explore now throughout the Bible is exploring Jesus and the way that he develops relationships with people, like, through his teaching. That's what I really want to do and I aspire to do as a teacher is to not just teach people concepts, but to be able to teach, um, not to teach, but to be able to facilitate an environment where relationships are born, where learning is truly fostered, you know what I mean? And then where community is grown, you know? And then I also want to look at Jesus's um, emphasis on culture and how he incorporates culture into his teaching because I think that he really does a great job with that especially through his analogies and that's another thing I love about Jesus is that he doesn't give us the answer but he'll give us like analogies and then he wants us to connect the dots like he gives us what we need so that we can make the connections but he doesn't make the connections for us you know what I mean and I think that that is so dope like he gives us a time and space to really make connections which is why we can read a passage of scripture and not understand it and then another day we'll read the passage oh like another year from then we'll read past that same passage of scripture after having some experiences under our belt and then we'll be like oh and we start making all these connections because we're like wow and that's all because jesus he don't be just sitting there every time you read the bible he's gonna help you make the connections like no he wants us to be able to make the connections on our own but he gives us the time and the space and the resources to do so which i think is just so cool and I just love that he does uses analogies like his use of analogies is so incredibly amazing like when you really think about how Jesus uses analogies it's it's an art form it really is because you have to think about the audience that he was catering to at the time he created so many analogies to emphasize and illustrate the kingdom of God like he created so many analogies that are really so culturally relevant to that time that it would have been mind-blowing as a person who was in 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 that time period it would have been mind-blowing to hear Jesus talk like that because you would have been like whoa like he would have been blowing your mind because you would have been like there is no way that what you're saying connects to what that is but it makes so much sense like that would have been your response and so when we read the bible we're like oh he talk about sheep and the harvest and ability and you like okay cool but like jesus back in the day he was hitting it right on the nail i mean he still is hitting it on the nail but like back in the day when you knew that stuff and you grew up around that stuff you grew up around sheep you grew up around harvest all that stuff like that making them connections you was like whoa <laughs> jesus whoa 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 man like this is amazing and so <laughs> you were like incredible fantastic amazing um 
And so, yeah, I just, I think that that's really cool. And I think that Jesus shows a lot of cultural emphasis in everything he does too, because like he didn't just do things from the like Jewish perspective or things from the Nazarene perspective because he was he was born and raised up in Nazareth Nazareth which by the way I think Nazareth is the hood like I just have to say because like every time I read the Bible and it talks about how people was like Jesus from Nazarene I was like I always just I feel like they was just saying that like Jesus from the hood like (laughs) that's why I feel like they were saying it and so anytime you say Jesus from Nazareth I'd be like yeah Nazareth was the hood you know what I'm saying um but (laughs) But I just feel like he places a lot of emphasis on culture and the analogies that he uses and in the way that he teaches. You know what I mean? Like he placed a lot on culture, even in the way that he ministered. Like if you think about it, he didn't come here riding on no donkeys and no horses everywhere he went. He walked. And that was culturally relevant for the time because if you think about it, everybody was walking everywhere. You didn't ride no donkeys or no horses unless you had money. And so he was being culturally relevant to the people he needed to cater to at the time because the people who he was catering to was people who didn't have no horses, people who didn't have, you know, the ability to to, to just, you know, grab a horse and get up and ride on it. You know what I mean? Like that, that just shows how he came down here. He, like, he humbled himself so much. Like he didn't even have to do all that. Jesus could have came in and did whatever he wanted to do, but he chose. He chose to come down here. He chose to um, use what was culturally relevant at the time to impact and influence how he ministered. And he adapted his ministry to that, which I think is really cool. And something to remember as a teacher is that like whatever time period you're in, You can't just be teaching from the way that you want to teach. You really need to be teaching in a way that is culturally responsive because people aren't going to understand you unless it relates to who they are. And that's what Jesus understood. Jesus understood that like, hey, these people ain't going to understand if I'm coming over here just talking in the tongues of heaven. You know what I mean? If I just come here and I'm talking like how we be talking up in heaven, ain't nobody going to understand that. And so in order for me to teach these people really I need to be able to be culturally responsive. I need to make sure that what I'm doing is what they doing in their daily life and their daily customs, the way that they're speaking. And I think that's why he grew up in Nazareth because he in Nazareth because he he wanted to be part of the culture so that as he was sharing, it's the culture. It's the culture. He wanted to be part of the culture because as he was sharing, like he was coming from a place of being able to relate to everybody that's what he did he went through sufferings he went through trials so that he could relate to us so that when we went through it when we faced it we could look at him and be like that's what he did he did do that yes he did and i think that that's just so beautiful like jesus you are just so cool man you are so cool okay i'm gonna end this out in prayer and i'll finally go take a shower dear lord thank you so much for the wonderful resources that you have uh, provided us with, but I know that not everyone has resources around the world, 
uh, or even in this country to be able to listen to the Bible while they're doing dishes. You know what I'm saying? So I just thank you for the opportunity to do so. And I thank you for all the great tidbits and the points that I got out of this. And I thank you for the dialogue that I had with you today, God. I just appreciate everything that you were revealing to me as I was talking, Lord, all of the connections that you were helping me make to be able to fully process what I was reading today, or rather what I was listening to today. And I just thank you so much. Thank you also for the conversations I had with Kamari earlier today. And I just pray that you bless each and every day that we endure um, all of us together as a family, as friends, everything like that, God. I just thank you so much for all that you showed me today about teaching and about Jesus's teaching style, God. Everything that you helped me to see about Jesus's emphasis on culture and all of the other wonderful points that you were helping me make, God. And I pray that this is just something that I am able to use as a resource um, that will be able to help me to be the best teacher that I can be and help me to be able to grow and continue to grow in you. Um, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that you help all the boys and girls in the world. <laughs> and I pray that you just allow everybody to just uh, feel your presence and to um, be provided for. Lord, I pray that you provide and protect for each person on this earth, God, as you always do. And I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you for your provision, your protection, your presence. I thank you for your love. And I just appreciate every single thing that you've done, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.